back to the Travels with Dante podcast. We're with Dante and Virgil in Purgatory. Today we'll be going through Cantos 4 and 5. So we start off, Dante has and Virgil have just passed the excommunicated, and now they're on to continuing the climb up the mountain of Purgatory. Yeah, and there's, first of all, that's like little, like neat little philosophical musing at the beginning where it talks about like whenever you move your, like part of our faculties is being attentive to time passing. Mm -hmm. So when you're really absorbed in something, you actually don't realize how fast time is slipping by. And so it's even like related to what we're talking about with like the late repentant, meaning they weren't even like attentive to their life and the need for that. And then actually like this thing again about like desire here you'd better fly, fly, say with the feathers light and fleet of great desire behind a guide who gave me hope and held a lamp unto my feet. And so he's following and they're like climbing and really climbing. And he's following this guy that is Virgil and Virgil's like never retreat a single step. But then as they're going, Dante's getting more and more worn down by the climb and actually begs him to like stop. He's like, turn around, sweet father, turn around and look at me for I'll be left behind if you don't pause. <laughs> look how tired I am. And Virgil's like, keep going to the top. Mm-hmm. And so they keep going, and then actually, uh, when they get to the top and they're sitting and resting, once they've made it to the top, he says, facing the rising sun, the way we'd climb, for looking back can sometimes help you on, and first to the low shores I turned my gaze. And so this, like, really beautiful thing, though, of, like, when you're climbing and you think, like, you can't go anymore, it's good to stop and actually see how far you've come, right? Yeah. To be like, all right, I've made it this far. Like, it seems impossible, but I can keep going. And actually, in the spiritual life, too, how important this is of sometimes we're like, I can't do any more. I can't do this. It's good to stop and rest and look back and actually, like, read early prayer journals and things like that to see how far you've come and how far, actually, you can go. Actually, uh, my friend Deacon Robbie, and he'd be, like, he told me I could tell this story. But he uh, was going back through his, his prayer journals, including from high school, and in high school, like he had been like making a list of how he was going to live a life of virtue and everything like that. And then like the next entry is like five months later. And the th- first thing he wrote was, well, so much for all that. <laughs> <laughs> he had gotten into all, like, all kinds of stuff and then was like, well, so much for all that. And he's looking back and he's like, man, that kid was a fool. And look how far I've come. Mm. So this like need to like look back and see how far you've come. Yeah, like the whole need for gratitude, the whole need for like Thanksgiving. Because when we recognize that, when we recognize like our own growth, it's not only like, it's not like us being proud of our own achievements. It's looking and actually like appreciating those who have helped us along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Like the whole journey, right? And actually like, and then you find out about Mount Purgatory of like, instead of like the descent into hell where it's like more and more miserable, the more you like descend, Mm -hmm. right? It's actually, it gets lighter as you go. And there's actually like a, yeah, a connection there. Like even people beginning to exercise, right? Like there is a part where you begin to, so I hear like enjoy running, but (laughs) at the beginning it's terrible. I can speak to that. Yeah. It's when you start off, it's, it's hard. It's like drudgery, but then you reach a point where like it actually becomes enjoyable. And with running, especially like, I think a lot of the difficulty is people try too hard at first and they like try to throw themselves at this exercise way more than what's actually helpful for them. And what's needed is actually like go at the pace that your body needs to like grow and like give your space time to rest, like give yourself recovery days mm-hmm. and then all, but also like still have the speed days, like still have the long runs. All that is like necessary to grow. So like Dante right now, they're, they're in a the long run, they're in a the long haul. 
but it's it's good to take the time, yeah. And while they're taking time to rest and everything like that, they come across those that are, like, that waited so long to, like, repent. And he actually runs into his friend, Balakwa. And it's a funny moment because he actually kind of, like, heaps, like, he throws shade <laughs> yeah. on ba- Balakwa. But it's different because in Inferno, whenever people said mean things, it was just to be mean. And here you actually have, like, the gentle, like, ribbing of friendship where he says, like, feast your eyes, my gentle master, upon this picture. He's so careless. He that laziness herself should be his sister. And, <laughs> like, he like, pops uh, back, too. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you go up if you're so brave and strong. And so he's just, like, chilling. And he's actually, like, he asks Balakwa, he's starting to get it. He's like, tell me why you're sitting here. Are you waiting for a guide? And you see here even, like, the nature of laziness or, like, indolence where he's like, what's the use to try? But then he says, like, I put off my good size till the end. I'll wait outside unless I'm helped by prayer arising from a heart that dwells in grace. So he actually has to just, like, sit and wait. So it's like he made God wait. No, So now in some ways, like, God is making him wait. Yeah. And so he just has to, like, sit. And part of the, like, sitting is you recognize, like, what a waste of time it is and how much, like, us, like, putting off doing good things it's a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, like, think about, like, when you're a kid, like, the quintessential punishment is it's a timeout. Like, you need to, like, sit there and think about what you did. And it a lot of times you kind of just sit there fuming. But, like, often you kind of recognize, like, you can grow in that time that you're waiting. Yeah. Yeah, like, we, and we don't understand, like, we very often, like, act when we shouldn't act and then, like, don't act when we should. Mm. Like we, and this is even, like, why he needs a guide. So then, actually, like, in Canto Five. We're in the third group of late repenters that we're going to meet. But first, there's this moment of, like, more and more people are recognizing that Dante is alive. And they're gathering around him. And Virgil's basically... It's another, like, thing about, even in the spiritual life, like, the problem of distraction. Yeah. Right? Virgil has to correct him and says, Come follow me. Let the people talk. Stand like a steadfast tower that takes the blast and will not let its top so much as rock. For men whose thoughts spring one upon the last find themselves ever farther from their goal. If not, I'm coming. What could I reply? (laughs) Yeah, like keep your keep your like focus upon like what you're called to do, and don't be as distracted. And I actually, I think like this is super important for us. Of like I think part of the way the reason people don't understand the spiritual life at all, or like know the person of God, like know who God is, is because we're so distracted and all over the place. So there's no capacity to like sink down. Like our attention span is all over the place. And so he's saying here, like the person whose thoughts like jump from one thing to the next, they're gonna miss their goal. So we see, like, the next group of souls in purgatory, and they're seeing the Miserere, which is, like, the morning prayer, like, one of the psalms of morning prayer in the Liturgy of the Hours. Which we actually prayed this morning. It's, like, today is Friday, right? Like, uh, have mercy on me, God, in your kindness, and your compassion blot out my offense. It's this, like, calling for God to forgive, and it's based upon King David, right, and what everything that he had done with Bathsheba, and this, like, prayer of... Like, have mercy on me. Create a clean heart in me, O God, is part of it. Mm -hmm. So Friday morning prayer, this is what we pray. And so you see here the souls, like, praying this, singing this together. And you mentioned there's a lot of, like, the liturgy, the hours, like, the prayers of the church that are here, and they're praying them together, which is really beautiful. Yeah, so it is there as it is here. So you're going to find out these are the people who they asked to, like, for him just to rest with them for a bit. And you find out that these are the ones who were late repenters, but were died by violence, right? They were all in violent manner and met the grave. And uh, our sins we repented and forgave, leaving our lives at last in peace with God, who now torments our hearts with the desire to see his face, right? So they, all of them, like, 
pushed off seeing the one that they actually longed, and now he, like, delays them as well. And the, like, longing, right, is in some ways, like, a, a torment, right? And, and we can understand this, too, of, like, this, like, excitement, but also, like, when are you going to get here, right? Like, the person that you love is away, and you know that they're coming, and it's, like, a nine-hour drive, and you're, like, tormented by, like, I want them to be here now, yeah. right? And so that's actually the place of this, like, longing. And so it's, like, both beautiful, but also painful, and we can know that here. But, like, this is the one, right? And how much of our life we actually don't spend being faithful to that longing of like speeding yeah. towards him, um, which again is like a, a thing of distraction. So there's a number of people here that we meet that introduce themselves who had like were late repenters who died by violence. But there's one actually who's very interesting and it's Boncante from Montefeltro, which we met a Montefeltro. Right, and with the evil counselors, we had Guido de Montefeltro. Yes, and this is his son. And this is the really interesting thing. We mentioned this when we talked about Guido de Montefeltro. Guido de Montefeltro lives a life, uh, a pretty terrible life, and then, like, has, like, quote-unquote repentance towards the end and then is, like, brought back into that through Boniface VIII, Mm -hmm. right? But appeared to die a saintly man. And then you have Boncante de Montefeltro who lived a wild life and dies in battle. And he is actually the one who, like, in some ways dies a saintly way. And so he's talking about like, what happened to him. And even Dante asks, like, no one found your body or your grave at Campaldino. Like, how, like, what happened? So he's like, let me tell you the story. And so he takes an arrow through the throat, right? And he's running away with the arrow in his throat. And he says, there at once my sight and speech were gone. I ended with Maria on my lips, right? So he actually calls out to Mary, like, actually asking Mary to, like, pray for him and, like, help him. And then he says... God's angel took me, and the one from hell hollered, Oh, you from heaven, why deprive me of his soul? So if you remember Guido de Montefeltro, right? St. Uh, Francis yeah. comes to get him. Mm-hmm. This is that brilliant little flip. St. Francis comes to get him, and the demon comes and is like, Nope, he's mine, right? By the law of non-contradiction, he can't both do something and repent at the same time. So he didn't repent. He's coming with me. And here you have the opposite. You have Boncante, who calls out for Mary, And the angel comes to get him. And the one from hell is like, you from heaven, why deprive me of his soul? He sheds one little tear and you bear his immortal part away. And so he's like, this is completely unfair, right? So you have even the difference between like the legalism of Peter de Montefeltro and the demon, right? Versus like the faith. The generosity. Yeah. Mercy, Mm. right? Like some things we can only receive. And so the demon actually gets mad and like rips apart his body and then, like, has it be, like, washed away so that nobody will find it. Mm. But it's, I think, like, again, if you just read Inferno, you miss out on this beautiful story that responds to the difference of, like, comparing Boncante and his father Guido. Right. Well, and something Boncante says earlier, Go on to Fano for courtesy, plead my case, that my countrymen may pray, and help me purge away my heavy sins. Like, his family doesn't pray for him at all. And so... What he asks Dante is to ask his countrymen. So we, we see again here like concentric spheres of influence of like those who are best to pray for us. Like so first the family who and friends who know us deeply and then like the countrymen, like the people in your town and your like extended family. Yeah, and I would even propose as we read this to really think about like who are we called to pray for and intercede for? Yeah. Of like our family that has died, our family that is like far away from the faith, those nearest to us, students, coworkers, like are we praying for them? You know, like, are we interceding for them? Because this is like what people are like begging for. 
And you mentioned, so we're in Canto 5. And if you remember, Canto 5 of Inferno was this, the circle of lust, right? And if you remember the story of Paolo and Francesca, and Francesca who spends this long thing trying to justify her sins. And what's interesting is at the end of Canto 5, you have someone who is very different from Francesca. Do you want to say a word? Yeah, well, we see it in the footnotes as well. Like, it's not too much is known, like, historically about this woman, Pia. But very, like, very sweetly, very tenderly, at the very end of the canto, she says this, she has this very short request for Dante. is just, kindly remember me. My name is Pia. And so, at least what we know is Pia was likely a woman who her husband, while, like, trying to cheat on her, he killed her just so, like, the secret wouldn't be found out. So she was betrayed by her husband. So we, we see sort of, like, this foil to Francesca in, like, this beautiful symmetry that Dante makes. And we'll see it, like, repeated throughout the Purgatorio. So, yeah, it's this very, like, tender scene that runs definitely, like, counter to the kind of, like, misguided love of Francesca. Yeah, like, responding to it. And she, like, and she's actually, like, so caring for Dante. She says, like, when you've rested from the long and weary way, right? And Paolo and Francesca, Francesca's basically, like, weep for me. You, like, pity us, right? Mm -hmm. So one who, like, only cares for herself and then one, like, it's a beautiful comparison. Like, that's just a little thing that could be easily missed. Well, that takes us to the end of Canto 5. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Mm -hmm.